applause. Alrighty, let's do the show. Uh, uh. Hey, come on, phone, tablet. There you go. I need to go back to bed. No, I just want to. Three, two, one. Good morning, everybody, and welcome. Today is Thursday, January 23rd, 2020. My name is Jeremy, and this is my first cup of coffee. It's very good. We have some questions. Cool. From three different people. I think that might be a first. I'm super excited. All right. Well, yesterday, not the most productive day. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be honest. Like I'm, I'm fried. I'm fried. I need to find something to recharge. Um, I don't know what this is gonna be, but I have to find it this weekend. Because I can't, I can't afford another week like this week where I'm just not getting much done. I don't have the luxury of not getting much done. Um, oh my eyes! I slept and I slept well. I don't know, maybe I didn't really sleep as well as I think I did. Um, yeah. I don't even know how to express it. It's just, cause it's emotion. How do you express emotion? That's one of the hardest things, is trying to put feelings in words and we can, we can boil them down. We can say, I'm happy, I'm sad, I'm angry. And we understand what those are like, but what I'm feeling is much more complex. I'm not unhappy, I'm not angry. There's some frustration in there. I think emotionally tired is the best way to put it. I'm on a quest right now to find a business partner. And that's really, that's what needs to happen. I need to take some of these things on my plate and put them on somebody else's plate. I, I, I see growth without it, but it's limited. We've got a wonderful team. We have plenty of great people who are helping. I mean, many people are volunteering, which just blows my mind. And it's awesome. But I still have to engage with those people. I still have to help them out. I have to interact. And as we grow, we're going to have more people. So, doing the best I can, right? That's all we can do. Do the best you can with what you have where you're at. So what was yesterday? Yesterday was Wednesday. Had a meeting with a friend um, who is um, a friend who's getting a new job, and there might be some opportunities for me on the consulting side with his new job. So I think that's why he wanted to meet. We talked about that. 
That'd be cool. Mostly for him, because he needs it. And then I sat at my desk and hammered through as much as I could. Did a new sweatshirt on the website, whistlekick.com. First cup 15, gets you 15% off. Uh, coached some CrossFit, that went well. Came home, ate and went to bed. It wasn't a bad day. Tomorrow should be a great day. And I'm gonna do my best to make today a great day. I have to shave. I haven't shaved since last Friday night. I'm gonna shave and then, well, I don't know what I'll shave. I'll shave at some point. But there's just, there's a pile of things going on. We got an interview, kind of an out of schedule interview to just to throw something in the buffer. Like noon, I think we're doing that at noon. And then the rest of the day is just what I can make of it. So I'm gonna turn to the questions instead of frying myself more and sounding sad. What is your biggest pet peeve mistake people make when learning a kick? Say a side kick, for example. My biggest pet peeve is when instructors overcomplicate it. So let's say I want to teach someone Let's take the example of the side kick, which I believe to be the most difficult kick, most difficult of the basic kicks to teach, because it has the most moving parts. Now, obviously, there are differences depending on school and style, but a side kick is generally a side kick. I think anyone teaching that side kick in such a way that it requires rotating, you know, coming out of a, a say, like a, a forward-facing stance, and then this is the back foot and you make them rotate and throw the kick, I think that's absolutely ridiculous. Start them sideways. Have them put their hand on the wall. Pick up a foot, put it out, bring it back, put it down. You can get through the majority of the challenges that people have, and then they know what it's supposed to feel like, and then you can get them coming out of a, sta uh, a front stance. Um, same thing goes for a round kick, or a roundhouse kick, or a turning kick. Front kicks and back kicks are much easier to teach. It the the pet peeve comes under the heading of not teaching the core elements of the kick solely. Trying to teach too much at one time. And that I mean that's my general pet peeve with just about everything anybody teaches. Start with the simplest form of what you're trying to express. And then if they get that that add pieces until you get them where you want to be. But would you, would you rather have somebody know how to throw a sidekick from a, say like a fighting stance, some kind of a sideways stance, and do it decently well, but have them working on doing it out of a front stance, or not be able to do it all out of a front stance because that's traditional or some other goopy excuse.
martial arts in general, the fundamental movements are not that complex. We overcomplicate things. We get so bogged down in nuance. Oh, well, the punch, and you, you gotta do this and not this. And There's plenty of time to learn that. Let people punch something. Let them hit a bag, let them hit a person. As long as they're going with, you know, moving at some kind of controlled speed, they're not gonna hurt themselves. But that tactile response will help them dial in what they're doing. It's, uh, it's just silly. Great question. Next. What's the best thing to eat for breakfast, especially if you don't have time to sit down and enjoy a meal? It depends on how you eat. There are a lot of people who eat very differently, have different thoughts on breakfast. For me, my first meal, I think I've talked about this, is caffeine and fat. It's coffee with some butter and some MCT oil. I do best when I do that. If I sit down and have some scrambled eggs, I'll do okay, but the moment I start putting carbs in early in the morning, it just, it, it, my body does not do as well, not only for that meal, but for the rest of the day. I've determined this through a lot of experimentation. I am not saying anybody else is like this. I'm just saying I know what works for me. Other great fast breakfast options depending on how your body responds to certain things. So you might be aware of this whole overnight oats kind of a fad. You can do that with regular oatmeal. It doesn't have to be anything fancy. You get some, I, I've found that steel cut oats do not work, but any kind of regular oatmeal, whether that's instant oatmeal or regular, you know, you gotta cook it for a half hour oatmeal. Take some oatmeal, some water, uh, some fruit, maybe some cinnamon, put it in a container, shake it up, put it in the fridge. Boom. It'll be ready for you in the morning. Um, If you're someone who wants to eat, a, a, we'll say a normal breakfast, a full breakfast, but you don't want to wake up in time, make breakfast on Sunday and make a whole bunch extra. Put it in some containers, put it in the fridge. Um, and then if you take that container of food, throw it in a frying pan for a few minutes, five minutes, while you're doing other stuff with the top on it, it'll be hot. Eat it while you drive. That's honestly, I eat a lot of meals while I'm driving. If that's not gonna work for you, um, there are some companies out there that make absolutely wonderful um, meal replacements. My favorite company for those is called Vega, V-E-G-A, and I've used their products off and on for a long time, eight, 10 years. And they're all vegan, and I don't choose them because they're vegan, but, but the very fact that they're vegan, the protein in them is coming from non-dairy sources, which I digest better. Um, whey protein and I do okay, we don't do great, and I'm certainly not the only one out there with that challenge. So that's an option. Um, 
And then the last suggestion, don't think that just because it's breakfast it has to be certain groups of foods. You could eat anything. If you, if you had pizza for dinner the night before, you can have a couple slices for breakfast the next morning. There's nothing that says you can't. Uh, if you make, you know, steak and potato and vegetables, make some extra, throw it in a container, that's breakfast. Again, you can heat it up in a pan or not. You know, it's, I, th I think all these had, okay. So it comes under three categories, right? Some kind of prepared powdery thing that you mix up. Um, something that you can meal prep ahead of time and do a bunch for the week or take some of dinner from the night before. I think those are kind of the three categories that work best. My personal preference would be the meal prep um, because then I know I have enough Can you have a talk with Grandmaster J Money and ask if he would be amenable to doing this show once in a while? Hmm. Let me think on that. Uh, I've actually considered a couple times how how we might work that out. I've got to do some more filming. I feel like I probably need two, maybe three more shoots before we can edit together the footage for season one. I don't know how much of, the, of what we have is gonna work well. You know, I'm guessing it's gonna be like a, a half or a third. And I'd like to have, you know, let's say some 10 minute episodes. I don't know how many of them we're gonna have. I don't know, I don't know any of this, it's all new. The idea of doing this reality style fiction content is all new to me. What is the best martial arts story you have ever heard? It's funny, I know I asked this question on martial arts radio, and I've heard a lot of them. Interestingly enough, I don't feel I have any great martial arts stories other than the one that I'm living this idea that I get to talk to all these great people is just crazy and cool. And, and whistle kick and, and give, putting everything into whistle kick and, and being on this ride. The best stories I've heard, it's not the words that I hear that make an impact. It's the emotion. So I'm gonna answer this a slightly different way. The best stories I've heard are the stories I've heard about Joe Lewis. Because that's the only way I'm gonna ever know him, is through stories. He passed away before Whistlekick, he passed away before I was ever going to get the chance to meet him. And I wish I'd had the opportunity. So I hear stories from Bill Wallace talking about his friend Joe and the look on his face and the emotion and how 
quite often at, at seminars and events will will sing, will sing his favorite song. Which, if I was more awake, I could remember what it is. It's a mamas and a papa, mamas and a papa song. Stories are so important. And yeah, the what of the story matters, the, the details, these matter. But that's not what I find to be most compelling. It's how people tell the story. It's why they tell the story. It's all the, it's all the in between the words stuff that I think matters more. Because it gives us a, a, a glimpse inside who they are. People aren't usually willing to tell you who they are. They'll show you. But I think when they talk about stories, especially when I ask them, you know, tell us your favorite story. The story they choose and how they tell it tells me everything I need to know about that person. Are they humble or not? Do they learn from their mistakes? Are they passionate? Now, there are lots of things that you can learn from someone. Stories are great. It has been said, I'm always ready to learn, although I do not always like being taught. Winston Churchill. And the comment here is, I think he means how stories teach us indirectly. What do you think? Well, there's a difference between being w w able to learn and wanting to learn. And the idea that someone is always ready to learn but doesn't always like being taught, I mean, that's, that's something I've observed. It's something that we see in martial arts. If you're a martial arts instructor, you know that there are people who don't like to be taught. And the fact that they show up to class seems counterproductive. get those people who say, oh, I know, I know. Okay, well, then do it. Being ready to learn is an internal understanding that you don't know everything, that there's stuff to learn. Being willing to be taught requires an external recognition that you don't know something. Not everyone is comfortable with that. You have to suspend ego. You have to be willing to show your ignorance of something in front of other people. That's not always easy. If you're the way you identify your, with yourself is around being skilled and knowledgeable at things. It can be a real figurative, maybe literal, kick in the head to admit that you don't know some aspect of that. 
when it comes to martial arts, I gave up knowledge being part of my, you know, being being a core part of my identity is who I am as a martial artist. My martial arts identity is that I've done a bunch of stuff and I know a bunch of stuff. But it's not that I know more than someone or am better at any of this than someone. It's been very freeing. I can learn from anybody. I'm always ready to learn and happy for someone to teach me. Might not agree with what you're teaching, but I'll learn it. It's fun that way. But I feel like I'm missing part of this quote. Let me dig in one more time. I'm always ready to learn even though I do not always like being taught. We can learn lessons in a lot of different ways, and sometimes they're unintentional. I think we've all learned lessons in training. A, maybe I shouldn't do that technique at that moment because then I get punched in the face. Or, you know, doing that kick while off balance. Hey, I'm going to fall. You know, there, there are physical lessons like that. There are accidental lessons like that that life throws at us and whether we want to or not we're going to learn the method of which we are taught that's a bad sentence the method in which there we go we are taught isn't always subtle or gentle sometimes it's it's rough uh, violent but sometimes we need those lessons because that's the way that we are best able to commit to memory and not repeat mistakes. And I think that that's what he's talking about. If you think about some of the worst experiences of your life, those have been some of the most powerful teachers. When I think about some of the things in my life that I wish I could have changed, I learned a heck of a lot from them. Didn't want to have to learn that lesson, but clearly I had to learn that lesson. Otherwise I wouldn't have gotten to that situation. Great questions from three different people today. Awesome. Let's keep it up. I will be traveling tomorrow. As far as I know, I am doing first cup. There is nothing to indicate that I will not be doing first cup tomorrow. As far as I know. Um, I will likely be out of the house as soon as I'm done. Um, got a couple meetings. Uh, one, and I'll, I'll talk about this a little bit tomorrow. Looks like I'm having a meeting with someone that might become a business partner. Super excited about that. Uh, and then I will be guesting on a podcast, a non-martial arts podcast. So I'm excited about that. So there we go. All right. Homework momentarily. Remember, we do the show every weekday morning, 6.30 a.m. Eastern, only on, well, not only on YouTube, but live only on YouTube. So make sure you subscribe and turn on notifications. If you want to catch it later, firstcupofjeremy.com or in your podcast feed. If you want to support the show, patreon.com slash whistlekick or go to whistlekick.com, make a purchase, use the code firstcup15, save 15%, help support the work that we're doing here at Whistlekick. 
And if you want to ask a question, drop it below. We've been getting more questions from more people, and I really, really do appreciate that. It's a lot of fun. Take some of the load off of Frank, too. All right, here's your homework. Today, you'll talk to other people. At some point, someone will say, how are you? And your instinct will be to say, I'm good, how are you? Or something very similar. I want you to answer that question and ask that follow-up question in a more present way. Change the words. Be genuine with how you ask it. For example, someone says, Hey, Jeremy, how are you? It's been a challenging week, but things are looking up. What's going on with you? That's a much more honest and expressive and, and social way to answer and ask that question then, I'm good, how are you? We skip over that stuff. Doesn't mean you have to get into the, the details. Doesn't mean you have to lie. But most of the time when we say good and you, we're not being honest. Be honest. Because that gives the other people around you the freedom to be honest with you. We all need that. I hope you have a fantastic day. See you back tomorrow. Take care. Peace.